Hi, my name is Aaron J. Marks. You can find out more about me at AaronJMarks.com. I'm a visionary purpose coach and a metaphysical leadership mentor. To my knowledge, I'm the only one in human history who's claimed either of those titles, and those that know me well tell me they couldn't imagine better ones for me. For as long as I can remember, I felt like my mind has worked just a little differently than most people's. At times it's been uncomfortable, but I've begun to see that it's actually incredibly important and that there's never been a better time to share the way that I think and see with the creative and entrepreneurial leaders out there who need to hear it. This is my podcast, A Higher Level. Everything we think, see, and do here happens on a higher level, and that makes all the difference. For some of you, these are among the most important and transformational conversations you will ever hear, and they will fill in something you may not have even known was missing, but something that is essential for your happiness and transformation. This podcast is all about creating a space for these conversations, a place to explore your deepest and most persistent questions about the human condition, a place to dream, play, and muse about the meaning of it all, a place people tell me only I can help them access, and a place of crucial importance for the human spirit and our future as the human race. On a higher level, everything is vast, rich, beautiful, and deeply optimistic. Join me there now, on a higher level. Hi, uh, my name is Aaron of AaronJMarks.com. And I'm a visionary purpose coach and metaphysical leadership mentor. And welcome to another episode of my podcast, A Higher Level, where everything we think, see, and do happens on a higher level. It's great to have you with me, and I hope you enjoy it. So um, welcome back to, to this series, which is about five perpetual paradoxical problems of the human condition. Problems is one way you can say it. Dysfunctions is, is another one. And if you haven't listened to the intro of this, you should go back and, and do so because I, you know, I get into, you know, kind of the, the paradox of mental health and why I don't think mental health is even a coherent concept, but that's really kind of what, what these five show me is that even in, in health, we are, you know, it's like, it's, it's an inherently unhealthy condition. And so, you know, even in order to have what we call health, there needs to be just sort of a prevalent, pervasive dysfunction to the human condition. And all five of these point at that in that direction. So number one, copulatory happenstance. So these all deal with our perception of time, our concept of time in some way. This is the only one that kind of does. Like, the, you know, the other ones, it's much clearer. But this is, and you know, I was just writing about this today, and I didn't, um, you know, I didn't see it so clearly as, as when I wrote, "Oh, this is really, you know, this is really where we grapple with, you know, the idea of being versus non-being. You know, the fact that we we have being, and we didn't have to have being, and that and that's that's a really marvelous, overwhelming thing to realize." But it takes a a being to realize it. So it's like, if you don't have being, you can't even contemplate it. And it's like, what is that? It's like, that's a very mysterious metaphysical thing. Um, so let me, let me briefly talk about, um, you know, it's like, there, there, there's a friend that I, that I talk to a lot and, um, you know, like we're, you know, we both acknowledge that we're like, you know, it's like the most stimulating conversation we have, um, of each month. And, um, this this is uh this, this person is a, a professor of philosophy and uh you know we've been meeting for about a year and we we came up with this idea called ontological depth perception so let me talk about ontology really quick because like this is a you know this is a central theme for me and i call myself a metaphysical leadership mentor but it's like 
I could have called myself an ontological leadership mentor, but, but it's like, I don't think anyone knows that word, like, uh, you know, who tend to be in the audiences that I talk to. Um, but I don't know, maybe that would have been a better word, but, you know, I could have called myself a Platonist leadership mentor. Cause like, you know, there's a, there's a strong Platonist, uh, element to what I do, um, you know, which would just come out in, in certain episodes, but ontology, it's a study of being, and th- this is a very old word in metaphysics and, you know, it just, it contemplates the nature of what it means to be right. Um, it's a little different than existence because it's like, we look at, you know, we look at rocks, right. We don't call them beings, but you know, we look at animals and we tend to call them beings plants. I'm not sure. And that's like these, some of these things I just haven't looked into, but with humans, we absolutely are right. You know, it's like the language behind the language that we use to describe humans is ontological human being, you know, ontology is being. So, you know, we're ontological humans. So it's like, there's something, you know, we have a deep metaphysical sense of the, you know, the nature of human existence that we don't about other things. Right. Um, and you know, this leads into this conversation about purpose, right? It's like, that's, that's kind of what leads there. Um, you know, in that it's not really relevant to other, other, other kinds of creatures like it is in in humans. I don't know. It's like, and even as I'm talking through this, this is not something, something I haven't realized that, you know, before it's like, we don't have cow beings. We don't have fox beings. We don't have ant beings, but, but human being, you know, um, it's it's like it's just built into our language for some reason. I don't know why, you know. <laughs> you know? So so we have this quality of being. And you know, the human condition is to become more of the being that you are, more of the being that you're meant to be, you know, and that's that's an ontological process and it's a metaphysical process and that's why I use the kind of language that I do. So who are you, you know, at your core? Now, w- one of the things that's true of all of us is that we have awareness and um, consciousness and metacognition, which means that we're aware of our cognition uh, in a way that no other being seems to be. And so we can contemplate the the very idea of being itself and even postulate or imagine what it, what it's like not to be, which as far as I can tell, is unique to the human condition. Now, here's why I call it copulatory happenstance. And you, you know, here's where you have to think about deep time and big history and all the history that brought us here all the the natural selection the sexual selection that that brought two people together and you know again i or not again but um this is I, this is not an image anyone wants but we're all here because of you know a certain thing that was done by two people and um you know and many of us have done that very thing and created new beings right um it's just it's it's one of those funny things that we all know like intimately, so to speak, but we just don't really talk about in polite company. It's like, oh yeah, we have these biological processes that we carry around with us and drive a good deal of our behavior, you know. And that's why the realm of life is is so significant, you know. Um, it's like we're deeply biological beings, but we're not comfortable with it. Um, so, you know, if you if you think about the way, uh, you know, and so like like years and years, like millions. I think it's millions. It's either millions or maybe billions of years ago. Um, sexual selection came into play. It it, it was, um, it, so so it's like sexual selection is is relatively new in in biology because, um, you know, first organisms multiplied, uh, you know, just by by splitting, and then eventually what 
you know, as I, I don't know, discovered, it's like, that's not the way to say it. Cause like, supposedly this is unguided, but, um, you know, by, by crossing the gene pool, you know, there, there were considerably more options that made, made, you know, creatures more fit for, you know, the demanding habitats that they were, uh, you know, that they were growing into. And so that's, the, that's sexual selection. It's like, okay, so now we, we mix with other, other, other organisms and, and increase the gene pool. And that's why, that's why it's important. That's why it's helpful. And ultimately that, you know, created this sort of explosion of, um, you know, of, of, of possible life, um, you know, that that's brought us to this moment. And so sex, you know, the, the, the concept of sexual reproduction and, you know, we're in, you need two beings or two gametes to, uh, you know, to procreate is, it's considerably older than humans, you know? So, so it's like, you know, compared to sex, humans are babies. <laughs> so it's like, we, we can't avoid it. Right. Um, you know, it drives a lot of our behavior, drives a lot of our socialization, you know, drives a lot of the the structures that we create around, um, around socialization. And so two people get together and, you know, think about all the combinations that are possible. Right. So it's like, I don't know how many eggs a woman starts with. Um, but I, it's like, I, I feel like I remember reading somewhere that it's considerably more than, you know, than she ever ovulates. And every month there's a new egg. Right. And then with men, you know, it's like, well, you know, and I'm sorry to get, get graphic here, but you know, it's like men can have a sexual release multiple times a day. Um, and, uh, you know, as you get older, you tend not to, but, um, you know, I think I, I read somewhere. So, so it's like, no one can count the sperm, you know, in, in, in a male sexual release, but, um, you know, just kind of by a, the process of, you know, multiplication. I, I think I read recently that, that there are as many as 3 billion sperm in one male ejaculation. So, um, I, I think mostly it's not that much, but there's a lot of sperm. There's there's a lot of sperm in male semen. So, um, which as far as I know is the only kind of semen. But um, if you, if you think about all the different possible combinations between a man and a woman, um, someone did do the math, and there's 64 trillion possible combinations between every man and woman. Okay, and. I mean, I think I read also recently there's been maybe like a hundred billion people to have ever lived. So I'd like, I don't know what factor that is, but it's like between every man and woman, there are that many times more people than have ever existed. And so think about all the men and women who are together and could conceive and think about all those possible beings, right? You know, every, every sperm and every egg, right? That that's a possible being. The vast majority were not conceived. Only a very, very small minority was. So whatever probability that was, that's your chances of existing, and you won. That's how close you are to not being. So that's copulatory happenstance. You know, you exist purely as a, uh, you know, it's like the odds were stacked so highly against your existence, but here you are. That's copulatory happenstance. And, you know, what can we say of the being of the existence of all, you know, all the other, you know, 63 trillion, 999 billion, 999 million, 999,999 possible combinations? They don't have being. They don't have this quality of being that you do. So do they have non-being? Is that something you can have? You know, can you have non-being in a way that you can have being? That seems wrong, right? So like, what is the, what of their consciousness? It's like, you know, that, that one combination that created you created your consciousness. If it was one sperm to the left, if it was one month later, if it was one day earlier, 
you'd be a different person with different consciousness and it wouldn't be you. You would have a different being, right? And so here you are and you're unique and you're infinitely valuable and you have potential and you have visions and you have dreams and you have aptitudes and you have skills. That's copulatory happenstance. So the odds are against you. Are you an accident? I don't know. You know, I, um, you know, part of the paradox is that we're, uh, you know, science, the scientific method and, and and thought process seems to have seems to indicate that we're on like the, it was created in an unguided way, but we have a sense of purpose. You know, like human, that's what humans do. Like humans are happier when they have a sense of purpose. So that that's a paradox. You know, I, d- I don't understand why that would be. Um, but you know, it, it was it was more likely that you didn't exist than that than that you do, and so here you are, and so. So what do you do with it? You came you came so close to non-being, but instead you have being. That's copulatory happenstance. So that was the first perpetual paradoxical problem of the human condition. Like, man, every time I like sit down to record about this stuff, I'm never sure how it's going to come out, how I'm going to navigate it, but I'm always like pleasantly surprised. So that was really, uh, it was kind of fun to talk through. So um, I will see you um, in the next episode where I talk about narrative trauma. Um, my name is Aaron of AaronJMarks.com, and I'm a visionary purpose coach and metaphysical leadership mentor, and this is a higher level, my podcast, where everything that we think, see, and do happens on a higher level. I'll see you in the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to A Higher Level. I hope that got you seeing, thinking, and acting just a little differently, or maybe even a lot. When you act differently, you get different results. But we need to start with the vision and the thinking. How do you feel? Ready to go and make positive, inspiring changes in your life and work? If so, it means what we're doing here is working. And I would love for you to let me know if this is you. There's a bunch of ways for you to get in touch with me. You can go to my website, AaronJMarks.com, or look for Aaron J. Marks, Visionary Purpose Coach and Metaphysical Leadership Mentor on Facebook. Or you can look for Aaron J. Marks on LinkedIn or Instagram. Whatever is easiest for you. And if this is speaking to you, I might suggest that you think about becoming one of my leadership coaching clients. In our work together, we'll have conversations on this level, but tailored just to your life and aspirations. You really can't imagine what a difference this can make for your mindset, vision, and results. The first step after learning more about my approach is to book a free, no obligation discovery call, both of which you can do at AaronJMarks.com. If your intuition is nudging you, don't wait any longer. It is likely the next step along the marvelous journey of wherever you are here to go and whatever it is you are here to do. And I can't wait to meet you. Thanks again for listening, everyone. I'll see you on the next episode when we'll continue to see, think, and act on a higher level. I'll see you then. Higher Level is the official podcast of Aaron J. Marks, visionary purpose coach and metaphysical leadership mentor. Learn more at www.aaronjmarks.com. A Higher Level is written, recorded, edited, and produced by Aaron J. Marks. Music is by Aurier. I'll see you next time on a higher level.